What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hangout in the Holy Land, Land Grant's flagship podcast. I am Josh Dooley, and with me, as always, he is the Brooks to my Dunn, the Florida to my uh, Georgia line, because I don't know those guys' names. He is the one, the only, Chuck Holmes. Chuck, what's up, brother? How you feeling? How is the bye weekend treating you? It is restless, Yeah, I guess, yeah. is a good word. You know, you don't have to worry about anything. Nothing that happens this week will affect weekend has affected or will affect my my mental well-being. Unless you discount the fact that I've got a pumpkin patch date set for today and that my kids themselves might send me into a tailspin that no Ohio State loss could possibly ever send me into if they don't behave properly, which could happen and I could be crying by the end of the day. Yeah, I hear that. I feel like pumpkin patch visits need to be reserved for October, but you have to jump on the bye week. So it, it yeah, bye week, we got to take advantage. It might get up to 83 today while you're looking for pumpkins and you're just gonna have to suck it up you're gonna have to deal with it and lug around pumpkins in 83 degree weather which is less than ideal but i agree it's you miss seeing the buckeyes play but you know that you're probably not going to like get any new gray hairs this weekend so that's always good Because frankly, Chuck and I are recording this during a rather boring weekend of college football. Uh, You know, no Ohio State, but beyond that, unless Notre Dame or at Duke or LSU at Ole Miss really revs your engine, not much on the schedule. And honestly, after watching Ole Miss shit the bed against Alabama, I am certainly not fired up about that one. So Chuck and I will keep an eye on some stuff as we're going along here. But since Ohio State did have a bye, Chuck and I obviously will not be doing any sort of recap or review. Instead, we are going to look forward. All right, We are going to look at each of OSU's remaining games and give a, a dangerously early, somewhat uninformed prediction is the way I would put it. I mean, we're going to go exact score and everything. And I say uninformed because we haven't done like our deep, deep dives on all of the future Buckeye opponents just yet. But we definitely know enough to make some poor guesses as to how these things will turn out. So these are not legally binding and we do reserve the right to change our predictions week of. Chuck, is that fair? that we can change week of and you're not going to hold it against me? I I, I flip-flopped like six times on like three of these games just going through it pre, uh, pre-pod. So I am all for it and I will delete this podcast uh, if too many of them end up not coming true just so that people don't know that we were absolutely completely wrong. You don't even have to do that. You can borrow a page from Lou Holtz and be like, yeah, but I, but I feel like we won. The guess was wrong. It, it doesn't count, but I feel like we won, which is sort of what there really we, is nothing like there is nothing like the bet that I should have won. All I should win. I, I'm about over for my last 12 bets and six of those. I, I, I made the right bet. I, I, you can't tell me differently. 
And yet that money still is not in my pocket anymore. Yeah, and we're not going to go off on a side tangent here, but if you have not heard Lou Holtz's follow-up to Ryan Day's WWE promo, I would suggest checking those comments out. This episode might be a shorter one, a bit of a two-minute drill, if you will, but I think that Chuck and I will eventually have a significant difference of opinion on at least one or two of these games. Like, we didn't talk beforehand, and if that happens, it does lead to the possibility of an argument or some name-calling, and everyone loves those fireworks. So, Chuck, I say we just get it started, unless you had any other topics you wanted to discuss here in the opening. No, uh, no Ryder Cup talk for us, or... Okay, we can do a minute. Uh, The U.S. Ryder Cup team has embarrassed this country and this nation. Zach Johnson is... He definitely fits the profile of an Iowa guy. Too conservative, afraid to be great, uh, making all the wrong decisions. And it starts at the top with his first groupings out. Not a good captain. Very disappointing. The Ryder Cup is off to, well, it's just, it's an embarrassing performance is really what it comes down to. I couldn't agree more. When you turn it on on a Friday, like I woke up on Friday. I didn't get up to watch the first groupings. I'm not that. You didn't dedicated. stay up. I think it was one thirty or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't do that. Um, I had a late night with at the ball field with the boys. But when I woke up, and saw they were down four to nothing. I contemplated not even turning on the second set of uh, foursomes. I was like, "What? <laughs> My God!" But I did because I'm a uh, I'm a red blooded American, and I suffered through watching them piss away two matches at the end of Friday. And then I I, I don't even at that point. What do you even do? It's it's just it's it's a it's a shame, and it's the the part that pisses me off is they dumped on previous teams that lost for two weeks going up to this, saying we're different, we're better, we're friends, everybody likes each other, we're doing it better, and it was a direct shot at Phil and Tiger, and they performed worse than Phil and Tiger ever did. And that just that pisses me off that they can't carry those guys' jockstraps and they're running their mouths and then not performing. Sort of like Lou Holtz when he talks about Notre Dame. So I think that's the perfect transition. Absolutely. (laughs) So looking at the remainder of Ohio State's schedule, we're just going to go game by game. We're going to get it sorted. We're going to go back to the basics and keep it simple. So next game after the bye, a home game against Maryland on October 7th. This could very well be a top 25 matchup between two undefeated teams, assuming Maryland takes care of business against Indiana. I want to give the Terps credit because they have absolutely smashed uh, a couple of Power 5 teams, but I don't really know how good they are. Like Again, credit to them for playing Virginia and Michigan State. State. Those teams should not be as horrendous as they are, but they are. You know what I mean? So, And also, by the time Maryland comes to Columbus, they will have only played one 
road game. So it's just, it's hard for me personally to gauge how good they really are. I like Tagovailoa. I like that they have at least three running backs to throw at you. And they still have some weapons on the outside, even you know despite the guys that they've lost. On the other side of the ball, though, the fact that they are a top 20 defense right now in points per game allowed seems very fluky to me. Again, I would bring up the teams they've played. And even though Ohio State has not been mauling people, I just I think the Buckeyes are still far superior in the trenches. So I think Maryland can probably put up some points, but OSU's defense is much improved. I'm going 38 to 17 Buckeyes on this one. I'm going even higher. I'm going 45 21. And I'm going to take it a step farther. That field goal is on the first drive of the game, and it's going to piss every one of us off when they <laughs> when they, when they have a third and one that they can't convert, and they have to kick a field goal, and Twitter's going to explode, and then they're going to score the next six straight possessions and roll. I do agree that Maryland is going to put some points up. This is probably, I, and I know I I was on the Notre Dame bandwagon of having a good offense for the entire season up to the last week. But I do think this is probably the best offense Ohio State will have faced. And they're going to put a few points up. But if they hold them to 21, I I think this is still a three-score game going away. What I think is sort of hard to evaluate about this game, two years ago, if you would have looked at this schedule and, and seen that Maryland played Virginia and Michigan State be like okay they're actually going to be tested and obviously they can't do anything about Michigan State but the fact that they went and scheduled Virginia when they did like I said you look at this two years ago oh okay they're gonna play some real games fast forward to 2023 though Virginia I know they've had some issues within the program one of the worst power five teams you are going to come across And Michigan State, frankly, is not a whole lot better. So that's where I have trouble evaluating just how good Maryland is because I do like some of the pieces. I want to ask you about the quarterback, Baby Tua, uh, just because I don't want to mess up his name. I think he is sort of like the store brand version of his brother. Do you think that he's an NFL prospect at all? I do because he's the same size. I mean, yeah. it's not like two is huge, but he also is he's not a he's not a top five pick. But if you told me he was a day two pick, a second, third rounder with the numbers he put up against Big Ten teams. I mean, he has produced against Big Ten teams. It's not like he's in like these guys that go to the lower level teams in these power fives still get tested. Like he's still and, and he even gets tested more because he's in the damn Big Ten East. He's going to be so he's going to be so pissed next year as he's or in the year's future as he's watching future Maryland teams not have to face Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State every single year like he had to do. So I think he's a second, third round pick. And if you told me he was in the league for ten or twelve years, uh, half of those as a backup and half of them as a top twenty starter, I wouldn't be shocked, especially with what Tua's doing. Like if somebody wants to actually try to build an offense around him like uh, they've done with Tua, it could be successful. You're actually higher on him than I am. 
<clears throat> but I wouldn't be shocked. I, I think I think about some of his really tough games, like his bad games. The decision making looks awful. But then again, to your point, he spent his entire career at Maryland, at least in the Big Ten East. They're the underdog to pretty much everyone they play within the conference, except for when they go and play some of the Western teams. And I think it was last year, the awful, awful performance against Iowa. Well, guess what? That's sort of what Iowa's defense does to people. So I do think he's got some skill. He can make some special throws. I don't think he has a howitzer for an arm, but accuracy-wise, he can probably piece some things together. So I'm not quite there yet. I think he's more of a day three guy, but I don't think you're selling me on him being a round one. You said that. So we share somewhat of a similar opinion. Let's go ahead and go on to the next game. October 14th, this is a a road dog at Purdue. Purdue's another tough evaluation for me because I think that they are going to compete under Ryan Walters. I truly believe that. And West Lafayette has not always been kind to Ohio State, but the Boilermakers just aren't there yet. Offense is below average, even with it with Hudson Card. The defense, they can get after opposing quarterbacks, but not much else, really. I think maybe they stick around for a little bit if OSU is looking ahead to Penn State. But in the end, the Buckeyes run away. Give me 45-14 Ohio State. I actually, the one thing I'll give Purdue credit is Fresno State's a top 25 team now. Syracuse is undefeated, right? They're 4-0. I know they haven't played much, but... And then Wisconsin, we both think, is a good team. I know they've had a couple stinkers, but we both think Wisconsin has talent. So their three losses are to three really good teams um, in that 20 to 40 range of division or of F- FBS schools. So it's it's not bad, but you're right. They they just need a little more there. And I think this is the type of game you go on the road. And if you can make a couple stops early, you can just kind of control the tempo of this game. And they don't have the playmakers like they've had in the past, like a Rondale Moore that could run wild on Ohio State. So I'm going to I'm going to be close to you, but I think defense handles business. I think this is like a 38 to 7. I think the thing that's probably working against them more this year is their defense is or should be improved. And you're right, like they've hung with some teams for a while. But I think what has set them apart in the past or made them competitive in the past is not necessarily one transcendent playmaker, but having enough guys. Right? Like it wasn't just Rondale Moore. They also had David Bell and say what you want about Aiden O'Connell. I think he's going to be an NFL quarterback maybe as soon as this year. So they needed some guys. And I like Devin Mockaby, but Hudson Card, I know the yardage is sort of there. And he, in theory, can be a dual threat kind of guy. He's rushed for three touchdowns. But I think he has to be able to do a little bit more in the passing game for Purdue to keep up with a team like Ohio State. And he's only putting up about 250 passing yards per game. He's got three touchdowns, three picks. So, I don't know. You you may have swayed me a little bit on them 
being a little bit better than they are. But I look at their 93rd in points scored, uh, 113 in a points in points given up per game. I think it's just going to take time. But I do think that with Ryan Walters in place, if they can sort of adapt to his defense and he can coach it the way he wants and they can add offense, I think they'll be just fine. So not this year, though. Chuck, let's... Um, why don't we take a break now before we get to at least one of the big dogs? Because I think there'll be some further conversation about Penn State, Wisconsin, teams like that. So Chuck and I are going to take a quick one, a little 90 second, pay some bills, read some ads, things like that. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to Hang Out in the Holy Land. For Chuck Holmes, I am Josh Dooley. And because of the bye week, we don't have a game to recap, obviously. So Chuck and I are looking at the remainder of Ohio State's schedule, and we are predicting not just win or losers. We are going total outcome on the number. I know that Chuck's keeping track because I'm not. He wants to keep those receipts to see who was the closest I like to live, learn, love, and move on, but that's just me. Sounds like a loser to me. Hey, but I feel I feel like I won. I feel like I won. So we've gone over, or we made our we made our predictions for Maryland and Purdue. Next up would be or is Penn State. This is a home game for Ohio State on October twenty first. I don't know if it's confirmed. I've heard or read whispers that this is going to be a noon kickoff. That's terrible. I hope that that's wrong. I hope that maybe they change it. I don't know. Regardless, Chuck and I have already talked about Penn State here and there during a couple of other podcasts. I think that the Nittany Lions are 1,000% legit. Drew Aller is taking care of the ball. He's the most talented passer Penn State has had in quite a while. They actually have three running backs who can hurt you. I know that Singleton and... Allen get the pub, but they've got a third guy there who's up to like 150, 180, something like that through the three games that they've had. And Keandre Lambert-Smith is carrying the wide receivers. Penn State hasn't really needed a second pass catcher to step up, which is somewhat surprising. But maybe that's because the defense is just nasty. You know, they're giving up eight points a game or something like that, which is silly. And... Like the counting stats aren't crazy on that side, only because teams are unable to sustain drives against Penn State. They have studs at all three levels of the defense, even if I do think that their defensive ends are a tad bit overrated. I don't want to hear anything about it, and I hope that I'm not proven wrong. If this was a whiteout game in Happy Valley, I think I would pick the Nittany Lions without hesitation. I really do. But because it is being played in Columbus, I give the Buckeyes a slight edge. I'll go 31-27 Ohio State in a game that likely gives me chest pains. Looking at the week schedule, I think you can book that this is the big noon kickoff on Fox. There's only uh, like Michigan, Michigan State. They're not going to trump that. Like, doesn't Fox get first pick? I think Am they I if it. That? If it's not first, they get a premium pick for sure. Right. They're going to take this game because 
the few Pac-12 games that they could pick are all actually on the West Coast. Like none of them are close enough that they could or nobody's coming across. And so I would almost book that this is a noon kick, which is crazy. I, That's I know a fail. Where, that is a fail. Uh, yeah. And this is it's going to be interesting where all this falls over the next few years with these changes in in the scheduling because of the changes in the networks. It's going to be a, an interesting um, prospect of what, what it looks like. But I think to, to go back to this game specifically, to me, it comes down to the lines. Unfortunately, Penn State has the advantage on both, in my opinion. I think they have a better offensive line. And I for sure believe they have a better defensive line. I know the defensive tackles for Ohio State have played really well. I know the defensive ends for Ohio State have gotten credit for a lot of pressures. But guess what Penn State's defensive ends have gotten credit for? Hits and sacks, which is not something Ohio State's quarter or defensive ends have gotten. And because of that, and because of Ohio or because of Penn State line, I think Aller's gonna sit back there all day and just hang out because he is going to have nothing, nothing in front of him, even against, a, even with a hostile crowd, he's just not going to see red shirts in front of him. I don't think so. To me, this is like a 24, 20 Penn state win. I think right now, unless we see something in the next couple of weeks, pressure wise from the defensive ends that could potentially change that. But I think unfortunately Penn state comes in here and gets it done. Here's how I want to try to sway you just a little bit. I, although I don't think that your prediction's a bad one. I wouldn't be shocked in the least bit. But you said Drew Aller's going to sit back there all day. I can make the argument that Sam Hartman just did that and wasn't able to pick apart this Ohio State defense. And I, I'm giving a lot of credit to the secondary. You look at Aller's numbers. I know that you know, he's got eight touchdowns through four games. He has 903 yards. So we're talking, what, 225 per game. And I know he doesn't have to do a whole lot because he has that running game too. But, you know, I talked about Keandre Lambert-Smith. Last year, Penn State have had like two, three, four decent options. They had Parker Washington. Uh, gosh, they had Brenton Strange. They had the Tinsley kid who had transferred in from a lower level team. I, I don't know the stars or whatever for a Tyler Warren or a Harrison Wallace or some of the guys that I know Dante Cephas, I think came from Kent State, if I'm not mistaken. Keandre Lambert-Smith is the only player on Penn State with more than 90 receiving yards like they spread it out but one guy is sort of carrying the water for everyone if they're able to more or less shut him down and be okay against the run do you think that Ohio State then has a much better chance yeah I, I think that's possible I just don't see that being how it kind of plays out I think the one thing that at some point the secondary can only hold up so long. Like there is going to be a breaking point for that secondary. And if it's, I think this is the week that it, that it happens is just where I unfortunately am at with it. Uh, if it flipped the other way, I, I wouldn't be shocked. And frankly, I, I, 
thought about this one. This is the one that that racked me more than any game because it's just a little switch, a little bit on both sides could easily flip this to a 10-point Ohio State win that's never in doubt. They take a lead and they just roll with it. But I just can't get there based on what we've seen so far. That's fair because if I'm being pessimistic, then I, I can say Penn State and Notre Dame, let's call them equal on offense. <clears throat> Penn State's got the better defense. And Ohio State won by three on a right. last-second yep, play. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a toughie regardless. I'll, I'll stick with we're, – we're both going to stick with our predictions, but it will be an interesting game. It will be – I'm glad it's at home. I'll say this. Like I said in my prediction, if this was at Happy Valley – like, wideout, I, I know what Kyle McCord did at Notre Dame. A wideout's different. It is. And it's not going to be 40% red or 30% red like South Bend was. So It was 80. Just look at Twitter. It said 80%. <laughs> so, you picked an Ohio State loss there. I don't want to give too much away, but it's my turn. So, what the hey? Didn't you? Didn't you just give it away, though? A little bit. That was? A little bit. So the next game up is at Wisconsin on October 28th. When it comes to Wisconsin, I have called my shot multiple times. So I think that I have to stick with my earlier predictions, even though I have been very, 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 very underwhelmed by the Badgers, uh, specifically cornerback Tanner Mordecai. I think Wisconsin wins this one. Late October, in Madison, everybody screaming, jump around. Like I said a minute ago, this team has disappointed, at least in my eyes. But I also think that teams progress and get better when coached by Luke Fickle. I'm giving him that credit. And I would sort of be a coward if I changed course now. I don't want to do it. But I'm picking Wisconsin to win 31-27 in overtime. And I want it on the record that I hate this prediction, and I am making it with zero conviction for the record. The other part of that is you just know Coach Fickle is going to be fired up for this game. Mm -hmm. This is the first time he's gotten a real shot at Ohio State. This is the talent level that he thinks can beat them. And don't think for one second that he doesn't have a couple tricks up his sleeve for this game. So I'm with you. This game is going to be way too close for comfort. And there is something about a close game at Wisconsin that just makes you uncomfortable because of the crowd. But I do think Ohio State holds on. I think it's a close game, too. Uh, to me, this is like a a 28 to 25 type where they they hold a couple times they get three field goals and that ends up being the game is is wisconsin can't get the ball into the end zone and a three-point buckeye victory uh get the playing gassed up and get the hell out of madison before anything else happens and i wonder if wisconsin's actually better without Chaz malusi i don't i i think he suffered a long-term injury and i'm like that sucks for him i don't want to see anybody get hurt but they were – Braylon Allen was the number two. I, I don't know exactly what the touches were, but 
Malusi was getting the majority of them. I felt like when I was checking out some of their stat lines and watching some of their games, and then they were like, oh, we're just going to use Braylon Allen as this pass-catching guy. Like It was odd usage. I think that Malusi is going to be out. And so if Allen is getting 80% of the carries, then it's sort of a different offense. I think that he is a true freak show. You know, he's like 6'3", 240. He's Derrick Henry in Madison. So it'll be interesting. Like I said, I didn't make that prediction with any conviction, but I am going to stick to it because I'm a principled individual and I have integrity and that's how I do things. So, And you're a liar. <laughs> Next game up at Rutgers in beautiful Piscataway, November 4th. Look, Shiano's squad is going to battle and try to keep the ball away from Ohio State. They have a solid running game and a well-coached defense. But Gavin Wimsat barely completes 50% of his passes. And there's just no way Rutgers can keep up with Ohio State, even if their de- defense stands on its head. Like, even if they limit Ohio State to... 10, 14 points less than you would have expected or anticipated. I I think Rutgers can run the ball a little bit, and that's about it. I know Wimsat is young-ish, and he's an athletic guy, but he can't hit the broadside of a barn, man. Like, he's not a great passer right now. So, I am predicting 49-10 to Buckeyes on November 4th. What you got, Chuck? 56 to nothing. (laughs) Wow. This is a get. Uh, this is a get right game for both sides, and I got to fifty six only. Wait a minute, for both sides, how is Rutgers getting right? <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry, I meant offense and defense. Okay, okay, that was that was I on me. Off, hold on, offense, defense, and special teams. I'm predicting defense and the special teams touchdown out of this. Actually, two oh. special teams touchdowns. I think we get a punt return, or yeah, it's going to be a punt return, and I think they block a kick. Both of them lead to touchdowns, and I think the defense gets a pick six. And that's how you get to 56 pretty damn quick. Book it. That's a strong prediction. I would take it right now. Ohio State has not scored a special teams touchdown since, I think, 1996. It's It's been a bit. So Ted Ginn. Don't forget about Teddy. Okay, yeah. Ted Ginn, Jalen Marshall, and that's it. Never since. So... Shadow squad's playing much better this year, but I, like I, they don't have the horses, man. They they don't have the talent level, and they're another team that they they get the punishment of playing in the East. So, pretty quick prediction there. Next game up, November eleventh, a home game for Ohio State against Michigan State. Chuck, I am going to one up you, one hundred to zero. That's my prediction for this game. I just. I can't believe the Spartans stink as much as they do. I look around, Nate Carter is a solid running back, and the defense has actually improved a little bit. I feel bad for a guy like Cal Halliday, middle linebacker, heart and soul of that unit. He's a good player, but this team was just outscored 72-16 to by Washington and Maryland. The program is in a tailspin. Until they bring in a new coach with, I don't know, better alleged behavior 
I, I guess. Um, I don't want to get too much into those muddy waters, but is also going to, like, yes, leverage the transfer portal, but recruit and build a team. You know, Mel Tucker rolled the dice. He stumbled across Kenneth Walker III. He had Jaden Reed already in-house. He had Peyton Thorne already in-house. He had Keon Coleman in-house. And they had a great season, but everything else on the field and off about the whole Tucker experience went sideways. So I think they need to bring somebody in who's about the culture, who can build it up and, I don't know, man, just sort of like restore at least some of the Mark D'Antoni days or get it close to something like that. I don't know. It's just they've gone so far off the rails. I don't I don't understand it, and I'm not sure how they bring it back in, but they need to just sort of like clear house, start from scratch somehow. It's like go down to the studs, basically. They stink. It turns out Mel Tucker's a fraud. On, on to better things. Uh, I'm going to go back-to-back 56 to nothings. Okay. In any reason, they they stink. Ohio State runs it up and they calls stink. it a day. Yeah, and Ohio State has whooped Michigan State when they've been good at home. So they're going to definitely whoop them when they're bad. And nothing about this offense states that they are going to be able to move anything against this defense. We're going to be talking about this defense as an all-time Ohio State defense by the time they get done with Rutgers and Michigan State. Okay, that's fair. I'm going to continue the blowout trend here with my unique scores. I just gave you 100-0. to Ohio State's next game after Michigan State is another home contest against Minnesota on November 18th. I'm going 50-5. to I don't know how either team gets there, but... Minnesota has beaten Nebraska by three and lost to Northwestern. Lost to Northwestern. Northwestern staged a a furious comeback. I thought they were going to go 0-12. The Gophers can run the ball a little bit, and Maverick Baronkowski is a fantastic name for a linebacker. But other than that, this team stinks. And nine wins last season was an absolute fluke because they didn't play anybody or they did not beat a ranked team. So Buckeyes in a blowout, call it Scorigami. I don't know if this has happened before, but 50 to five Ohio State. I don't know that this one's happened before either, but I'm going to go 56 to nothing. <laughs> Three in a row. Three straight. Three straight. You could talk me into 49 to nothing on this one, but I, I just because maybe there might be some weather involved. But I think they're going to hand it to them. And the Minnesota has not, or this team has not dealt with adversity like they're going to deal with this year. And I just feel like PJ Flex BS is not going to go well uh, two weeks before the end of the season in a in a game that you're three and seven going into going on the road. They're going to have checked out on him. The effort level is going to be minimal, and Buckeyes are just going to roll them because of that. I was going to ask you, and I I still will, do you think with P.J. Fleck, first of all, do you think he's a good coach? However you answer that, do you think that he's 
I don't know, been proven to be a fraud? Do you think that he's gotten lucky? Like I said, last year they didn't play anybody and they won nine games. I don't know. what I've never been a fan of P.J. Fleck. What do you think it is? And look, he won nine games back-to-back years. But there's just something so fraudulent about the record. And then maybe him. I, I don't think that he's on the hot seat per se. But do you think that P.J. Fleck is long for Minnesota? I do. I, I, I think he's got three more years, even if he stinks, because he did win those nine games. And frankly, it's Minnesota. They haven't been good, really, since they thought they could do better than Glenn Mason. And they were sadly mistaken when that happened. I He's not my cup of tea by any stretch of the imagination. I think the stuff he does is... Um, going to continue to lose the ability to be effective uh you can be a hard ass as a coach if you do it the right way i don't know that he's going to be able to continue to bring in 18 year old kids that believe the same way he believes so this might be the start of the uh the beginning of the end for him but they haven't won in so long that they're going to keep him around probably a season or two longer than they were they should. That's fair. I I, lo- I think that they're going to be exposed. The other part of that, who the hell are you going to go get? It's Minnesota. Like wh- who who's going there? Mel Tucker? Is that who you're going to go hire? Come on. Likely not. I think that they're going to be exposed when they are no longer just in the Big Ten West. I can only imagine what Minnesota's record is going to be one of these years when they get like Ohio State, Penn State, USC, and Wisconsin or something like that. Like they get a grab bag of the rest of the Big Ten. And then I think that he more so gets exposed. Not not the players or anything like that. They're on scholarship and they've had some guys go through, Mo Ibrahim and, and whoever. But <clears throat> I think they've floated under the radar Minnesota has, but I don't think they're a very good football team. I don't think it's a great program. To your point, it is Minnesota. He's elevated them to a certain extent, but this year I've been the furthest thing from impressed, and when you lose a game to Northwestern, a game that you led by three scores, I think, that's awful. That's pitiful. Of course, that leaves one more game, and... Chuck, I took notes on most of these. I had long things written out. I actually don't want to give too much away on this one. Obviously, I'm talking about the game November 25th at the Big House, at that team up north. Ohio State goes to take on Michigan, last regular season game. I think that the teams are evenly matched. I'll leave it at that. I know that... J.J. McCarthy is completing 80% of his passes. He's also thrown three picks. The running game, still a strength. Not the most explosive thing in the world. And then they've got a guy like Donovan Edwards who said that he was going to revolutionize the position, I believe. He's averaging 11 inches per carry and nine yards per reception. Super revolutionary there. Wait, when, when, when is he averaging that? Per carry? Is that what you said? He's averaging three point something yards per carry. And he said he was gonna <laughs> revolution he said he was gonna revolutionize the position and we shouldn't talk too much, right? He beat our ass last year. But yeah, we'll see. I just I think 
it's hard to say Ohio State is in a better spot. I can't, I don't even necessarily believe that, but I think that Ohio State's defense is in a much better spot, which makes it a little more even in my book. So, gosh, I want to keep going with the, the odd scores here. I will go 31 to 30. Ohio State wins it by a point on a a last second drive by Kyle McCord. I think he cements his season as the comeback kid, cardiac Kyle. They win one at the end in the big house. So I got 31 to 30, Chuck. As somebody who has watched Ohio State lose in the big house, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, yep. It is, We've uh, been there in person, baby. Yeah. It sucked to be there for that and unfortunately i think buckeye fans might have that same feeling this year and it's going to be a similar scenario to that it was when we watched it was hey if they win this was 03 they go back to the national championship game even though they had a loss and if they win this game either one of our if they're 10 and one, like we both think they will be. They win this game. They're going to be big 10 East champs and go to the big 10 title game and win the big 10 because the West stinks. This game is playoff implications. And I think they're going to be disappointed again because, and I keep going back to it. Michigan's lines are better and that's going to be the difference in a, 25 21 game and i think that four points is what's going to be the issue because they're not going to be able to drive for a field goal late they're going to have to go for a touchdown and it's going to end up hurting them they will more than likely need georgia ryan day you know what i mean uh you can't play anything conservative and who knows this is a long ways away this is two months into the future but it's a lot to think about it's a lot to look forward to there's a lot on the line but as we sort of close this thing out, Chuck, let's do this at the end. Where are you right now? During the bye week, we don't have to talk about a whole lot. Where Are you higher or lower on the team or on the ceiling of the team than you were preseason? Like, just gut, gut feeling. How do you feel about Ohio State right now? Better or worse? Uh, better. And I would, I mean, we talked about this prior to the pod. After the Indiana game, you could have talked me into eight and four. And I don't believe that now. I think it's 10 and two with two, two toss ups. If you told me they ran the table, we get to, to the end of November and they're in the Big Ten championship, I'm not going to be surprised at all. That means they continued a projection. Right now, they're on a pretty good, uh, uh, ramp up. If they continue that ramp up, they do run the table. I just think there's some teams that that are going to slow down and, and, and give them a couple bumps. But I'm I am as high uh, on this team as I've been since I started this podcast. You hit the nail on the head when you say when you brought up what we talked about pre pod. I'm with you when they after Indiana. I was like, man, it's a nine and three football team. And frankly, like if we're being honest, they could still be a nine and three football team. This is not an easy schedule, man. Like Wisconsin's yeah, a good absolutely. football team, and Penn State's a good football team, and Michigan's obviously a good football team. There are 
Maryland is a good football team. Um, but we've said that in the past, and Ohio State pulled out 11-1, 12-0, whatever they did. You and I both think that there's at least one loss coming at some point. But as I as we sit here and reflect, I think there are good things ahead. And the, this is a team that can make it to a college football playoff. And so I, I think you take that. Four games in, five games in, whatever. If your team has the appearance or the potential of a college football playoff team, then I think you're feeling pretty good. And that's where Chuck and I are at. So we're going to get out of here. We're going to give you the rest of your bye weekend back. We appreciate all those who are listening. And we encourage you guys to hit us up on social media, send us emails, whatever you want to do. We, we appreciate all of that. We appreciate all of you guys. So next time we'll be coming back at you with a Maryland preview. Although, Chuck, we kind of gave it away, right? We might just mail it in Wednesday and say, hey, it's going to be about 38-17. But maybe we'll come up with some other stuff. We'll at least have a press conference and things like that. So until next time, for Chuck Holmes, I am Josh Dooley. Please like, rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. And until you hear from us again... Go Bucks.